All right, no tunes this evening. Um, out of pocket for a little bit, and uh, we are we're not singing in. Um, it looks like everyone's mic is intact. We have a really special show for you today. We're going to dive in a little bit to um, what to watch right now. What's on TV? <laughs> Maybe what not to watch. Um, I have some some suggestions there for our listeners uh, that I think um, might not be as well received. But uh, we are welcoming back uh, our inaugural guest, Rick Carlson, a.k.a. Rick Golf. And as a man with us today. Oh, that's great. Out of curiosity, has that, has that been changed yet or am I going to be... I'm rolling like, with in it. perpetuity. Okay, I, I, I think there's a formal process. You have to actually apply petition, and then it goes through a couple channels, and it makes its way ultimately to Gibby's EA, and they'll make the call. And if it's worth bringing to him, then he'll he'll rule on it. So it's a lot of work, Rick, if you're in for it, but it's possible. Okay. Well, let's. I know the people that uh, you would go to, so you know we'll have them hook up with my people. Perfect. Yeah, people. At some point, I'm going to look through my phone. And and figure out I have probably fifty five contacts that. <laughs> do you know? Do you just... know what my thing is? I should have shared this with you. My thing is whenever we have somebody coming to help us with something or do work, like a, a, a landscapers, whatever it may be. If I don't get their name, I just go first name and then the the, the job or the service that they're providing. Rick, and it doesn't feel right for somebody whose phone is very very type A, like first name last name, like. I don't have mom in there for my mom. Like it's her full actual name. Like it's, it's just the way it has to be. Rick, I know you feel me on that. So that's my little weird quirk that I do. With mom. I agree. Rick, your bears, they're two and one. Technically. Okay. Legally, legally they are. Yeah. Um, they, you know, as far as the bears go, it's been a weird year. Obviously week one was played in a, a shallow pool. Um, really didn't learn anything. If not, you know, the team lost a week there of development. So every single week for the Bears are important or is important um, because it's theoretically a track for development for a lot of the young guys and certainly fields. You want to have him on the field as much as possible. Um, So, yeah, I mean, week one against the 49ers, don't really celebrate that win. Uh, The loss against Green Bay, I think, Green Bay is a decent team, but obviously it exposed a lot of issues on the defense and uh, fields looked like a deer in headlights, as did most of the offense for the second half of the game. And going into last week against Houston, it was a nice setup for, uh, you know, one of those, we want to see some flashes type of games. And this is, we're going to walk out of this feeling really nice. And it was just another uh, really sloppy, um, unsatisfied kind of feeling. You walked away with that just we're not sure what Fields is, and I think right now uh, we're getting a little bit worried. We're, we're we're seeing what he might be. It's 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 a weird feeling in Chicago because we've dealt with this so often with like Cade McNown and Mitch Trubisky and X Y Z quarterbacks that have been brought on as the next you know future quarterback, and they've all failed in was some way. Rex. So so Rex. Editors know Rex. Yeah. Editor's note here: We had to um, shift yeah. a little bit on the plans. This would have been a great spot. He would have perked up real nice there. Yeah, when he yeah. Kate McNown was he really brought in? You stepped right in. You stepped right into his lair. He would have been waiting for you to bounce and give you, talk give you some Jim McMahon. Backup, yeah, backup quarterbacks, but like 
Wow. All right. All the, right. The, I, I will say the, the day after the draft, the, mm. I remember this, that the Chicago Tribune headline was the future is McNown. Oh, that was kind of the beginning of the end. So, yeah. But that, that was, yeah, he was, he was the next big thing and he was just, is, is he the weird. one that's the next like coaching prodigy? Is he, is that, is it that McCown or is it a different McCown? I don't. There's don't one really out know. there right now and I can't stop bumping yeah, into the articles. Interviewed him. Yeah. The uh, one of them. Rick's going to get to the bottom I of that. Here's what I think, Gibby. Or is that Colt McCoy? Nope, not Colt McCoy. He's still playing. He's still playing. We uh, are. Josh McCown, yeah. Josh McCown was interviewed. Josh. Yeah. yeah. Not Cade. Uh, not Cade. Yeah, I, I get the McCoys and McCowns mixed up. Um, oh, that's right. Oh, I mean, we always draft somebody in Chicago with a weird accent. You can't really pronounce it. Like sports radio would be like, this McNown guy. Yeah. So, nope. That's, that wasn't him either. They're but, doing uh, their best. Yeah. So anyway, it, it, it we'll see another couple games, and we'll uh, really start to worry or feel better. But right now, we just don't have enough data to figure out what's going on here. Maddie, takeaways other than the the national media takes on on what went on or anything contrarian, anything that that you thought about the last weekend of football. I think so. We're at the point in the season where you can start like the beginnings of trends are forming, and I think. For teams that are with that are intact, teams that are intact with their expected rosters, we can kind of start to figure out what's going on. Anything can happen. It's the NFL. This is unlikely to be the thing that ends up being the final game. But I don't know how the Bills and Eagles don't meet up in the Super Bowl, which would be fun. It would be kind of like going back to the '90s almost. That'd be a blast. Um, but there's other teams that like sh- everybody keeps saying like they should come around. They should come around. I don't know that Tampa's coming around. They have no right. linemen. I don't see it. They they can't move the ball. The defense is older. Brady's not really in it, right? He's like half divorced now, which is you know could be a good or a bad thing for him. But uh, it was a boring week. It was a tough week. We're not going to get 17 great ones, or I guess 18 great ones. Um, last week was just kind of like blah. It's all right. We'll get them this week. Yeah. Is it time to finally admit that Gronk was the secret to Brady's success the whole time? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, is there a whole like lineage between Belichick, Brady, and finally we, we unveil that it's Gronk that's behind all of this? Gronk you know, is the I'm final just trying to find the, the one thread here when, uh, well, when he's not playing with – he's the only guy he's not playing with now when uh, you know, we're seeing the quality of play. I have no idea. No, I, I, I think there, there – Evans was out last week, right? And like they were yep. playing a lot of backup receivers. I think there's better offense to come, but um, and also like we've seen a trend of new coaching staffs. Um, I'm not going to get into Denver, but it's going to take time for some of those veterans to meld with new coaching staffs, et cetera. So the yep. one thing that I had was like we we were pouncing on the Bills 17 and 0. I, I think we're all like kind of could this happen? Um, because they looked so good. Uh, but this was the week to get them, and I, it was right under everyone's nose and, and right yeah. under my nose. But, um, you know, eat in Miami. All you had to do was pull up the weather report and realize that five people were going to be, you know, sitting yeah. on the sidelines at some point with cramps. And Yeah, they didn't have enough orange wedges pregame. The moms didn't bring those out. <laughs> the, the, the thing is, they – their win expectancy was higher than the Dolphins was for pretty much the entire game. They gave it away. So if they're missing half their defense, 
and they gave the game away on the road, that doesn't bode well for the rest of the league. If that's like, like you said, if that's the week they were the most gettable, that's, that's scary. And yeah, my, my concern level is zero with them um, continuing on to be the dominant team, but yeah. And Jacksonville is going to be there with them at the end, obviously. That was an early call. It's a team of destiny. That is a team of destiny. They're good. I'm just going to say it. I'll I'll bring it back to that first pod. Uh, Mike McDaniel is proving why Mm. he deserved more consideration than he got around the league. And God, I wish he was with the Bears. But he's doing some pretty interesting things. And that team is really rallying around him. And uh, they're pumped. And that guy – that. That little guy is just killing it. Out that there. squirrely I'm, little guy. He's doing I'm, it. I'm about anything jealous. Other than football and winning and coming up with a great offense. Imagine going for an offensive coordinator um, when you're hiring a new coach and you don't interview Mike McDaniels. It's crazy. Uh, it's malpractice. It's malpractice. For someone that's a fan of a different team that didn't do that. But um, um, so – Anyway, uh, we're going to shift right in to one of Rick's specialties. I think he loves it. I think he it's it's a passion of his. Is uh, I don't know if we I I don't know enough Rick if to call you a cinephile if that's accurate or I think you know, so a critic. Um, I did look up because my expertise falls on finding that uh, all American streaming on netflix and i think um, one of my wife's favorite shows i don't even know what show that is i'm so lost until october 5th so um it's it's like an oc um Mm -hmm. based in uh beverly hills but also in inglewood oh yeah we needed more of those shows thank Uh, god well i (laughs) i enjoy it um isn't isn't tay diggs like a Coach or something in that show? Well, he turned into a principal. Okay. Well, yeah. Natural. Natural. As you do. Yeah. (laughs) So that's my expertise. Um, I've got a few others to ask you about your thoughts on them, but (laughs) there are five that you've mentioned in the green room here um, that you wanted to kind of go through. Uh, Maddie, any any shows that you're curious about that you stumbled onto before we, we let Rick ride? Um, I did stumble onto, it's not new, but I came into it late, which is generally what I tend to do at shows is welcome to Wrexham, mm-hmm. which is great because I like, I like that it's authentic. It feels like I'm actually following those guys around as they go through this journey. So it's, it seems very authentic and genuine and that's usually enough to get my attention. So other than that, honestly, I am so out of the loop. I have no idea. I need Rick to tell me. I usually just lean on him. I have no idea what's happening. He brings me his suggestions, and I consider them. And it's a service he provides. You do, you do consider them from time uh-huh. to time, yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Rick and Morty just started again. That's a classic. Yep. I'm always going to watch that show. But I got nothing else. Yeah, so these shows are really like focused on big-ticket streaming kind of well-known shows. Some of them not so much. But the problem is like even well-known or big advertising budget type of shows are often lost in the shuffle because there's just so much – stuff out there and you lose track of it all and uh for those not you know watching us right now you'll see that gibby's sitting in a hotel room and uh that's mostly where i do my best work i travel a lot i uh, spend a lot of time watching stuff i don't have kids here at home so i do a lot of streaming you know at night and um yeah so a lot of free time that is spent getting in front of uh 
some really interesting stuff and some pretty bad stuff too. Um, so yeah, I, I have five things that are streaming today. There's a lot of shows throughout the year that have been just awesome. Um, but I'll just mention things that are like relatively new and then a quick, you know, mention for what is good out there otherwise. Um, good to go. What do you think? Any, any yeah. other? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah I'm, I'm in. I, I have some I, questions about a couple of the big ticket ones, but okay. you, might, you might cover them and I want to jump in. All right. So my favorite show uh, in the past, aside from Better Call Saul, which I'll put aside right now, one of my favorite shows in the past like three or four years is Industry. That's number one. Uh, I keep hearing about there. that one. Just ended last week, unfortunately, just uh, wrapped up the second season. But Industry is a just a phenomenal show. It is so dense and meaty and complex and you have to watch every episode maybe two or three times to figure out just what the hell is going on in the show. It's basically, it, it takes a, it's a kind of a UK American co-op show out of HBO. Um, but it follows generally a uh, financial, um, I guess it's, it's private equity or just a, a financial trading type of uh, company that is the technical backdrop for people who work in the company or are, you know, having a part in it. And what's cool about it is this show does not hold your hand whatsoever. A lot of shows dim things down, dumb things down, excuse me, um, make it a little bit more palatable and, and accessible to people. And I think the reason why this show took a long time to catch uh, up with a lot of folks is that it is very uh, difficult to parse. They use language that no one really knows what the hell is happening on the trading floor, but you can tell it's exciting and you can tell, um, you know, the, the, the financial plots of things, you know, why people are doing it, you know, the implications sometimes, but you got to go back and figure out what is going on. And for some people, it doesn't really matter. Like my wife watches a show and she has no idea what's going on, but she watches it for the relationships and for, you know, the, the interpersonal stuff. The drama. That's the mark of a good show. That's the mark of a good show when you don't even really need to follow the plot, but you're still mm -hmm. like entertained by it. Yeah. So I got in. That's <laughs> I'm I'm really excited. I'm one for one right now. I got in on the first season of it. I, I thought wow. I might go for five on this. Um and loved it. Uh it was appointment viewing, but to your point, Rick, like I couldn't sit without like really studying what was going on, like full attention. I had, it wasn't one that you could walk away, make a snack, come back mm -hmm. to. Like you have to sit down for the whole thing. You have to pay attention. I'm not all the this way through season two, but I'm I'm going to get there. It's it's one of my favorites. Where, where would two it fall? Is, is infinitely better. You'll be you'll be really happy with it. Sorry, Maddie. Where would it, no? You're good. Where would it fall on the on the list on that spectrum of of like hard to follow or like requires work to watch in conjunct in like relation to Westworld? So Westworld, it, it's totally different than Westworld because Westworld didn't. In a way, Westworld dumbed things down for you because they just made plot points completely like absent. Like you didn't know why yeah. things happened, and there was no yeah. way to intuit what was happening. And it was all just like guesswork. And it was like you know a jacked up version of Lost, where you're just kind of guessing what does that mean? And here's an Easter egg. Here's something in the back of the room that you didn't focus yeah. on. Industry's yeah. not like that. It, it's all just there, and it's just really technically complex as opposed to trying to be cute or coy or hide things. There's no Easter eggs. It's all yeah. happening right there. You're not entirely sure, you know, in a big dramatic like trading segment where people are yelling at each other or, you know, something's, someone's on a phone with a client, you know, something significant happened and you might, 
if you're in the industry, know what it was, or you can kind of go back and read a review, be like, oh, I understand. But when you're listening to podcasts, recapping this stuff, and I do a lot of that too, especially for these really hyper-technical shows, uh-huh. um, you don't really spend any time going like, here's what that transaction was. No one cares. Yeah. You understand the end outcome of it, which is all that really matters. But um, it, it's a cool show. Uh, not to spend too much time on it, but it's it's funny in a very specific and unique way. It meshes a lot of American and British humor, which is really effective half the time, um, which is the nature of British humor. Um, mm. But it's 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 brutal. It's 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 sad. It's it's hard to watch sometimes. It's really gratuitous in other times but it's really oh. just a, a study on not study but it's it's really looking at uh the motivations of people how far they can go down a dark path what people who try to do good end up getting che- or how people end up getting chewed and spit out if they're trying to be good in a world that's ultimately you know benefacting those who are are less than uh ethical and this is way. hbo this show's on yeah, hbo right yeah, yeah, yeah. And it has they're, all they're the crushing it i could do Succession, for instance, is a show where I don't believe they could give me enough episodes where I would say I'm all set. Like yeah. I just, I would, I could eat those up. So, so those, if it's if it's kind of in that same general ballpark, then that's a good start. It is. Yeah, it would be in the same vein as is uh, Succession okay. for sure. Right. The bad in. thing about HBO is we don't really know what the future of half of those shows are um, with the new acquisition by Disney. Sorry, uh, Discovery. They oh, came right. out and said, you know, basically everything is subject to the block right now. We're, we're downsizing. We're making this more profitable. Uh, so shows, it, it's very It's going to be a rest of development all over done. again. Yeah, it, it's pretty – there's a good chance we've seen the last of industry and a lot of other scripted shows out of HBO, which, which really sucks. But, um, yeah, we'll just see what happens in that front. Yeah, that's spicy. I'll take that um, – I'll take those vibes into it. Yeah. I'll really appreciate it. So what else, another, what's, up, what's on the rest of your top top list for the for the season? Uh, number two is the bear. Yep, this That's is a, a good show, show on FX that I think a lot of people now have better exposure to it or have seen it. Where mm-hmm. it took a little bit of time for everyone to get into it. Um, it's it's near and dear to my heart, not only because it was filmed a couple of blocks away from me here, and it's it's literally a. Uh, it's not a biography or, or historical account, but it's based on a real Italian beef joint that's in the place where they were filming. And Mr. Beef is a real place. Next um, to the pink monkey. It's, well, that's a little bit down the road. It's it's next yeah. to a uh, a bar called the Green Mill – sorry, the Green Door, which was an old oh. gangster bar. But uh, that, I, I digress on that front. Um, the, the show is just amazing. Not only is, is the acting just incredible. Um, if you've it, worked in a kitchen too – it's it's even more relevant it's very real it feels exactly. real yeah yeah uh and not just the weird thing about it is jeremy allen white the yep the main actor there he's he could be in anything and make it a better show i, I wonder what the show would be like with somebody else as the lead in it but yeah he way, carried shameless for a while too i feel like totally totally did yeah. um but yeah, it's a it's a good look into what it looks like in a kitchen, and it's it's tough. It's it's a grind, and the relationships you have with people are brutal and uh, adversarial, and uh, the the repetitive nature of just showing up to the same place every day and doing the same thing over and over again is you, to me like maddening. I don't know how these guys do it. I, I don't know how the chefs do it. Are you in on this one, Gibby? You've watched it? Um, so I haven't watched it. I've tried a number of the Netflix, like, um, not, what's the the actor, um, or not actor, the chef, David 
Adam Sandler. Oh, oh uh, D- David Choi. David Choi. Sorry. Yeah. Um, David Choi. So I tried to watch that a little bit. I liked it, but every time I w- try to watch a kitchen show that's not diners, drive-ins, and dives. Oh man. Um, I get let down. Although there was one like the barbecue, like the pitmasters one, I liked. So when I'm going into shows around the kitchen, I, I like the that's company. a high bar. That's a it's, guy bar. It's a guy bar actually, and it's, it's one that most can't reach. But no you know what? Like, so I worked in a kitchen, uh, or I didn't work in a kitchen. I worked in a restaurant yeah. um, for a number of years. I, I wasn't allowed behind the line. Um, yeah. yeah, your hostess. Uh, no, I was, I was a waiter. Um, and, um, but, uh, so we can get into some of those, those stories. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, that's one that interests me. I always want to get in every time I see it on Netflix. I'm like, Oh, this is something I'm into. So yeah, uh, I'm one for two. I'm one for two. Rick hit us with three. Yep. Uh, three is where it gets a little bit crazy. Um, three is I'm going to, I'm going to put a more, less recent one on here, but severance is a show that belongs in this list with Adam Scott or uh, yeah. Wait, is that his name? No, I'm thinking of the golfer. Adam. Was, Adam. Uh, I knew his name until you said Adam Scott. Parks and, now Parks and Rec. I can't. Why am I? Uh, whatever. It, yeah. Adam. Uh, Adam Scott. Yeah. He was in big little Lies. Oh, nice. Okay. Adam Scott is the guy. Interesting. Um, Maybe it's because he didn't have a beard. He was hard to remember in the show. He looked yeah. really weird without a beard. He's um, good in everything. Time. He's in the he's in the Bateman tier for me. Anything yeah. he's in, I'm I'm watching it. He's great. It, 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 did you guys watch this at all? Not yet. I haven't. No, okay. but it, it's it's on. It's probably lower on my list just because I I've got to get through more uh, Law and Order episodes. <laughs> Are you watching what? the new reboot where where where? Oh, uh, he just—he's just so angry the whole time. Everything is a slight to him. Everything is like a callback to somebody he lost. Oh, well, it's unbelievable stuff. You could probably, on that note, just for future pod reference, you could probably take a look at the entire Chicago verse on NBC. Oh, God, say, yeah, I'm not. Look, I'm in my 40s. You're probably into that, aren't you? I can't watch Chicago Fire <laughs> oh. for another ten years. That's fair. But then they start crossing over, man. It's well, nuts. then I'm going to get into Blue Bloods. Twenty. <laughs> oh no, I won't let you. It's my <laughs> duty. Oh, it's that's fandom. a slippery slope. I'm digressing. Fair. That's a slippery slope. All right, so that's not bad. That's a, that's if a good. You, uh... If you asked me like four months ago what the best show of the last couple of years was, I would have said Severance easily. It just so happens that two better shows popped up. It's weird. It it is a kind of like a show when it ends. You don't know what the hell just happened. Um, it, the premise is completely bonkers and out there. It is, it, it's really, uh, an interesting concept for what it's about. Um, not to, that's uh, Apple plus spoil it or anything, but yeah, there's like, it's hard to describe without giving any of the plot away. And this, I know we're not sitting here talking about plots or anything, but it's a cool show in that it's not like lost or it's not like, um, What's the other weird one we referenced earlier? Uh, Game of Thrones. No, uh, shit. No, there was another show we talked about like ten seconds ago about like you don't know what's happening. They hide everything from you. You you know, oh, Westworld. Thank you. Yeah, Westworld. It's not like Westworld where it's like egregiously kind of wacky. It's very grounded. It makes you think very hard about uh, you know what it's what 
who we are, who we are as people and, and can you even be two people at once? And if wow. you had a chance, would you be a different person if you did things differently? Blah, blah, blah. So it's uh, it, it's a very cool concept and I hope that one does it too because it's, it's a thinker. It I is. like that. And what, where you got to drink some scotch with that one. Where does that stream? Apple, Apple Plus. Yeah. Apple Plus, okay. Yep. The redheaded stepchild of the streaming services. Uh-huh. They're good then, for one good show like every like year and that's you're just like forced in there. They they had a good run. They had like three or four that you just kind of catch up. Yeah, the morning show the was good. Yeah. yeah, the first season, I think. Yeah, I was... agree. I think we had that argument with, with Jesse that that show fell off after the first season and he was not pleased. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that later. What's four? Uh, four is Andor. Never heard of this one. First one I'm not familiar with in any capacity. Here's the thing. It's the new Star Wars show. So you've probably seen a thousand ads for it so far. Gotcha. Yeah, it's uh, it's the prequel, but it's the seat. Well, it's the prequel to uh, Rogue Squad or no, sorry, Rogue One. And it it basically is it's the first time I'll take a big step back. All of the Star Wars shows that have come out since Disney acquired them blue the vast majority. I, I haven't liked any of them except for Book of Boba Fett. But even then, that show became repetitive because it was always like, hi, here's a problem go do this chore for me and I'll give you what you want. And then that's like the same recipe for every single episode. So it got pretty boring after a while, but Andor is the first star Wars show that feels like they made it for adults. Um, like there's a murder in the first one, first episode. And it's, it's like darker. It's, it's, you wouldn't want your kids really watching it as much as the others. So it's shot totally differently. A lot of the star Wars shows recently have been shot in that. I forget what the technology is called, but it's that one single room with the screen that wraps around all of Boba Fett and um, Mandalorian is what I meant to say earlier, not Boba Fett. Uh, Mandalorian got repetitive. Boba Fett just sucked. But either way, they were just fought it, shot on this uh, green stage that just had a giant LED screen. Like, Ava- that could, like um, Avatar? Uh, no, different than that. It was the first time it was ever used in this case. Um, so 90% of those shows were just in one big room and they can manipulate the backdrop, the camera angles can like change with the scene. It's a really cool technology, but after a while you get the sense of it being filmed, you know, in a room, whereas Andor is like a big worldly thing. They're outside, they're doing stuff. So it feels like. A hey, that's showbiz, baby. Show. Right. Plus they're doing like 13, no, it's, it's something crazy. It's like 15 or 20 episodes of the show. So each one isn't as condensed and it's, it's more character development. Has more space to it. Yeah, it just feels totally different. It feels like an, a, a Star Wars movie or show made for people who have been watching it for thirty years and need something like up to date for how old we are and, and you know how how mature we've become. Yeah, of course. Look at us. Look at us go. Yep. So that that's my question. So someone that I don't think I've watched all of the Star Wars movies. I'm um, missing a few as well. Even the originals. Mm. Those I've seen. I've seen all six of those. I. I I don't know where to start. So could someone that like has not watched star Wars watch and or like singularly, they wouldn't need to yeah. catch up on any of the story. Like they would be able to follow along what's going on. Or I think so. I mean, we're, there's three episodes in so far, so I can, I think, yeah. Um, part of the fun of these shows is always, you know, catching the reference. You know, we were talking earlier about like background references are kind of what they are, but in this huge universe, it's been around for like 40 years, 50 years now. Um, it's it's nice to see how things are woven together. But this is basically the story of how I think the Rebel Alliance started or or how he joined Andor, the, 
Diego Luna, the the main actor there, who's really, really good, how he joined up in this rebel cause or whatever. So no, you don't need to know anything about it in order to start this, I don't think, which is kind of the virtue of the show. Whereas if you like picked up on The Mandalorian, like you wouldn't know what the hell is going on. Like, why is this guy wearing a metal suit? Who is he? Why is this green baby in Iron Man? Like I would be I would be up in left field. Um <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, that one's good. Um, and the last one to round out the top 10 of like what's actually out there new now is uh, American Gigolo. The show rules. I've heard of, I've heard vaguely of this show. It's on HBO. No, it's on Showtime. Anything to do with the movie? No, nothing to do with the movie. So first of all, anything. Oh, you know what? I might've skipped the show because it was so good. I did. Um, I'll get, I'll hit that next, but it relates to what I'm about to say. John Bernthal is my favorite actor. I think maybe in the, I wouldn't say all time, but he's top three actors for me. This guy is the best in everything he does. And he was in, uh, uh, what was it called? There's we, a own the city. we own the city is a show that is like on in the top five. I would bump out and or for it now that I'm thinking about it, but uh, he is amazing in it. it it's, it's, it's a show about a guy who was a. it's really, again, just a really dark kind of deep thing, but he was taken in by a brothel as a kid. Like his mom sold him to a brothel and he grew up as a, like a sex worker, um, eventually became, you know, an adult gigolo through this big company and got framed. It, it, the, the first episode opens up to him being thrown in jail for a murder that he woke up to like next to a bloody chick. Uh, so not giving it either way. It's literally oh, who among up. us hasn't. Sure, it's a bad night in Vegas. Um, Seems like a common. Uh, that's that's Cavs every Thursday night, so there's yeah. nothing really abnormal there. Yeah, so it's not a light show at all. It's it's kind of dark, but it's it's pretty interesting. And Rosie O'Donnell it makes her big triumphant comeback in this uh, show, and she's pretty good in it. Um, only a couple episodes in so far, but I've it's it's been appointment uh, watching so far. But again, anything John Berthal touches, and if you haven't watched We Own the City and you like The Wire you will have a new favorite show. Oh, that's a great recommendation. Yeah, because We Own the City is basically the modern version of, or the, the modern day wire. It's in Baltimore. It's another like cop drama in Baltimore. Uh, but Bernthal plays the most like crazy cop. And it's based on a real life, uh, number of, of real life uh, officers and politicians and uh, people in the early 2000s around uh, some of the, Traven Martin um, outcome, and it's it's just incredible that that show is amazing. There, that's the problem with this year. There's just too many good damn shows out there. And when you watch one and when you finish one, you do a pod like three months later and you forget all about it because you moved on to the other stuff. Well, we'll keep this this uh, you know check in running mm-hmm. um, because I think it's important that we're we're keeping up with what's what's out there. So thank you for doing the work on it. Um, Three shows that people do not need to watch. That whether it's the hype, um, I'm. I'll, I'll be honest. I was really excited and really enjoyed the first couple episodes of the new Game of Thrones, the House of Dragons. I'm having a tougher time getting through each episode than I thought I would. I don't know if it's because it comes out on, on Sunday nights and um, what. The <laughs> Those have been tough lately. <laughs> <laughs> It's been a challenge. And maybe that, that coincides with the time. Yeah. I wonder if there's some causation correlation there, Gibby. We'll have to, we'll have to try, look into it. Try watching it on like Friday, Thursday. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Gibby, that show, I didn't really know what to expect from that either. I didn't read the books. I don't read a lot of the, the, the big fantasy books before these shows, but I do like rely on uh, the ringer has a, an incredible staff that does a lot of really good pods and recaps yeah. and stuff. And they're really helpful to figure out what the hell it was you just watched. But I agree. The first couple episodes were just so dense. Like they just, it, it was weird in that it's uh, it just felt like a lot of really forced character development. But then I realized this show is happening over the course of many uh, many, 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 many years. And they had to like basically do a three episode, like epilogue prologue, I should say, um, just to get everything in there. And then the show as of like the last episode, I think just started to fully take off, but it was weird. Like the first two or three episodes, like every scene was in like on a, at a table where, you know, the, the yeah, yeah, council yeah. of whatever was always just doing stuff and they never left a room. It was always just the same people in a room they were talking about this world that existed outside of the show or, you know, where they were shooting in that particular scene. And he's like, well, okay, who are these? Show me where everything else is. Um, so finally it, it feels like they're actually like filming outside and in around other things and starting to expand on stuff that there's, there, it's not a spoiler either to say a lot of the characters who started the first three episodes got replaced by older versions of themselves, kind of like the queen, throughout so yeah it's gotten better I, I totally agree that the first couple were a little bit more dense but from what i understand the people who love the books love those episodes because they got it they nailed it Everything the aesthetic uh yeah pretty much but um yeah it's, it's, i i could see that be a letdown on the front end but i am holding i'm, I'm sticking with it i'm not i'm not giving up on it um but uh, sorry i i meant i cut you off before i got into like three Three shows that people are watching are hyped about. We're not going to bring up Triple D here or SVU or Organized Crime. Um, if you want to go with All American, I don't think it's getting enough hype to qualify. But um, but you can you can probably do an All American pod with Courtney for sure. Like that, she's obsessed with that show. Okay, perfect. and and the mom for whatever reason. Uh, so three shows that absolutely wasted our time this year. One, the, the top show that was horrible was Terminalist. That show, I don't even know what that show was. Um, who's in that? Who's the lead? Who's the star? The uh, the star is Chris. Uh, uh, what the hell is his name? Sorry. Chris Pratt. Thank you. Uh, it, it was a th- this movie. So Chris Pratt started off as like a goofy guy and then he got into like a weird ass religion, divorced his wife with his kid and then, you know, married Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter and turned into some like MMA military weirdo. Right. This isn't the show. This is this actually- is him. No, this is actually Chris Pratt's like 10 seconds in the last 20. Yeah, well, it's probably the last seven years of his life. So he turned into a really weird ass guy. Um, not, nothing political leaning, but he's definitely more on the, you know, the military complex side of things these days. And he read a book by some dude and loved it and said, I need to make this, my, this is going to be my pet project. I'm going to make this into a show. That book was Terminalist and the show was, it's, it's, uh, the whole premise is uh, a, a Marine or some high level military operator uh, survives an ambush where his entire platform or uh, platoon gets wiped out and it turns into a big conspiracy theory thing where he's like the lone wolf guy up against the government. And it's like anyone who's ever been, a, you know, boring Q and in 
uh, conspiracy theory is probably like has these the posters for terminalist on their wall. They're like, yeah, see, it was a government conspiracy. It was just like overly militaristic and overly, you know, it's it's just it was garbage. It was just conspiracy theorist garbage. And anyone who's a big conspiracy theorist probably loved it for that reason. It wasn't uh, on episodes- my radar personally, so now I yeah. definitely don't need to watch it. The, they probably could have made it a movie instead of a you know nine or ten episode show or whatever the hell it was, but it was just boring. It didn't make much sense. What he, if we find he, out? What what if we find out right now? This is Gibby's one of his top three shows, and he's oh, it's not. No, I also, <laughs> I've already gone over my top three. <laughs> yeah, so times, I'm giving him plugs. It's it's bad. It's just really it's a waste of time, and you you wish you had your 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 time back when you you got to the end of it. Taylor Kitsch is in it too, and I don't know. Oh. I don't know where that guy's career went wrong. It hasn't. Do, do tell. You're on it now. You what? Riggins? Riggins is in it? Yeah. From Friday Night Lights? Okay. I see, I see where we brought this full circle. I don't know if I can publish this podcast. That's kind of my point. Is he went from uh, Friday, Night Nights, Friday Night Lights to now being the second actor in the bill for a bad Chris Pratt series. Oh, we need Kyle Chandler back in his life. As soon as possible. He needs I think to we all do. He's moved honestly. on to other projects. Uh, I'm afraid. All right. Before we run out of time, one one more. Um, Obi-Wan <laughs> sucked. That's all you need to know. Nice, Rick. Hell yeah. People are going to be upset about that take. And I a like terrible it. terrible show. It made no sense. You had two Jedis. You had Darth Vader and, and Obi-Wan fighting. And there was a field of like f- flame and fire between them. And they didn't. They just walked away and said, sorry, we're done fighting now. Instead of like walking around it to go fight each other or, you know, using Jedi and dark side powers to like put it out. They Lazy. literally just looked at each other over the fire and said, well, there's nothing else we can do and walked away. So that show, that's just one of a thousand things that I was just screaming at the TV when I was watching it. It's just a bad show. Um, really honorable mentions for good stuff though. She-Hulk is really fun. Everyone should watch that. It's a completely self-contained, like each episodic thing, but, um, she, it's, it's, it's great. Reacher was really good. Bosch was really good. Uh, Rings of Power is fine. Ray Donovan was amazing. Mm, I heard that. Miss Majel was really good. That's a great show. That's a show I did not expect to like, and I ended up being hooked on it. Oh, it's, it's really addicting. Yeah. Kind of like it, Gilmore Girls. Same deal. Sure. Sure. The first two seasons, at least. <laughs> I just brought Gibby back. Yeah, I snapped him back with Gilmore Girls. He's so excited. Did you say something where someone might have starred from Parenthood later in their career? I'll, I'll say one thing too that some of, some of our audience could agree with this too. But the last thing that I'm on the list of bad for the year, uh, all the they released two different below decks on Bravo at once, and they were both terrible. <laughs> that show really went downhill. <laughs> no one is safe. No one is safe. He went all the way to Bravo. So let's end it on a good note. Yeah, Rick, you're you're going through. You know, um, you're driving to South Bend for a Notre Dame football game. You're commuting. You got a buddy in the car. You got to stop for gas either on the way down or the way back. Probably when you get there. Um, What what's your snack? Oh, what's your gas station snack? Gas station go to snack. (sighs) Two answers. If I'm if I need to eat, but I don't want to do fast food because I know I'm on the road, I'm going to get some beef jerky. I'm probably going to get some uh, some accoutrement, something sweet to go along with it, just to fill up. But if I'm just feeling like horrible and I just want to get some junk food, easy uh, corn nuts or Chex Mix yeah. and a cowtail. Corn nuts is such a great call. 
overlooked, often overlooked. Yep. Alex is not going to appreciate your beef jerky take. I can tell you that much. So I'm gonna... really, I mean, I think Chex Mix belongs in the Hall of Fame pretty quickly here. Yeah, but, it's um, two for now. Um, beef jerky is going to be a contentious topic. And then... Uh, <laughs> Disrespect. How, how how is beef jerky a contentious topic? I might ask. Alex was pretty passionate. He was staunchly opposed to the dryness and the uh, the lack of enjoyment that you get from the beef jerky. He wasn't really seeing it for the utility. I'll let him defend his point, but I know that he doesn't like too much sodium at once. Okay, all right. So, hmm. um, I, not I like that, corn nuts either. Then no, you, you stay away from the corn nuts. <laughs> They're like ninety <laughs> percent. So corn nuts, I'm out on. But I, but you won me over with the the Chex Mix, which probably more sodium than than the. I mean, we're not. This isn't a health show. Um, no. What are you really. getting at the gas station that doesn't have a? We're not salt concerned in it. about that. Right. No. I mean, don't, no. don't sleep on cowtails either. That, that's no. That's gonna those are good. Big you have comeback. To really big like caramel to like cow. You have to like enjoy that texture and taste. Yep. That three-year-old caramel kind of texture, but just it's just perfect. perfect. It's like a Twinkie. It's a caramel Twinkie. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. Excellent. Well, Rick, this is informative. I've got two shows that I think I've watched that you mentioned. So I have three or four to check out for the list. I'm making that now. I'm, I'm jotting it down. Um, this is a big help, I think, for our listeners, too. I know you've got you know some insight on some movies out there that that you highly recommend too, and and I'd love to kind of check back every couple months and make this a regular regular event where we can dive in and make, maybe there's enough content out there with all the streaming services where we need to dive in a little bit deeper more often. So, um, listeners, give us your feedback. Let us know if you agree, disagree. Uh, post in the comments. We'll post some of these recommendations and um, and let us know what you think. Yeah, absolutely. This is good. This is this has given me something. It's inspired me. I'm ready. I'm ready to watch some of these shows. Severance and Industry are definitely shows that I was already sniffing around, and now I'm going to be all in on. So, Rick, this if, is, this if is you helpful. take nothing else away from this pod, go watch Industry. You won't be disappointed at all. Okay. But uh, yeah, this gives me purpose when I'm binging it. Uh, you know, eleven thirty at night now, so I appreciate it either way. Yeah. Well, we're doing we're doing everyone a favor here and, and a service to listeners. And thank you, Rick. We appreciate it. Um, and uh, we'll be back. I believe next podcast will be dropping on either Friday or Saturday. Um, so stay tuned uh, for fantasy recommendations, lineups, um, and we will go from there. So thank you, everyone. I wish I could play you out tonight, but. Imagine it. Just limitations. Just, I need to start. It's uh, whatever you start, want. Start carrying the guitar with me. We got to hire a band to follow you around the country so they can just show up and play us out and on, kind of like the old days. Awesome. Rick, wonderful work. Maddie, thank you as always, my friend. Nice talking with you guys. guys Rick, yeah. thanks for coming back. Gibby, you're the king. Take care. Thank you.